I'm Remy Warren, and I've lived my life in the wild. As a professional guide and hunter, I've spent thousands of days perfecting my craft. I want to give that knowledge to you. In this podcast, we relive some of my past adventures as I give you practical hunting tips to make you more successful. Whether you're just getting started or a lifelong hunter, this podcast will bring you along on the hunt and teach you how to live wild. This podcast is brought to you by Mountain Tough and Yeti. A lot of the tactics I talk about here require you to be in top physical shape. So I partnered with Mountain Tough to help get you ready for the mountain. With their science-based hunter-specific training app, you'll get in shape and mentally tough, able to tackle any hunt. Because we really believe this will help you be more successful, as a listener to this podcast, we're giving you six free weeks to get you started. Just use code LIVEWILD. It's no secret Yeti has some of the best and most durable gear out there. But when it came to hydration, they previously didn't have a great backcountry solution. Well, that all changed with their new Yonder water bottle. My Yonder covered the backcountry all across the West last season while chasing mule deer, elk, caribou, and more. It's about 50% lighter than their insulated Rambler, but still has that Yeti toughness. The best part is they've now got them in four different sizes, so you can pack the bottle perfectly fit for your hunt. To top it off, there's also great options for customization. You can check them out now at yeti.com. Welcome back to the Live Wild Podcast, everyone. This week, we're continuing elk month, and we're going to be talking about the moon phase in elk. Now, over the years, I've heard a ton of theories on what the moon means, but I want to throw my two cents into the mix. We're going to look at what the moon might mean for your hunt, and I'm going to go over my personal thought process around it. We're going to cover when the moon makes a difference, other environmental factors, as well as my thoughts on hunt planning and strategies to use every moon phase to your benefit. But before we do that, I actually took the best hunting days for me personally over the last three years and compared those with what the moon was doing. I figured it might be fun to see if there were any surprises in the mix. So let's look at some of my most memorable days and what went down. I kind of have to first preface this podcast with there's a lot of anecdotal information when it comes to moon phase hunting in animals, right? But as a guide and outfitter, I've hunted nearly every week of every elk season uh, since I've been 18 years old. And the one thing I can say is actually over the season, we kind of maintained the same success throughout the season. Now there was obviously there's weeks that are harder and weeks that are easier, but I was able to maintain the success by changing my strategies and tactics. Now, when I think about elk hunting, September elk rutting, right? There are those days that are just like magical days in the mountains where the elk are fired up. It seems like they're just bugling and calling all day long. And I have a handful of hunting experiences that I just mark those down as whether I was successful or not that day, some of the best elk action and interaction you could get. So what I thought of is just taking even just the last three years going back to 2020. And so what I wanted to do is just take the last three years and kind of break down. I just recorded like my favorite days, looked back on the calendar. I was like, oh yeah, that day was good. This day was good. And then compared that to what the moon was doing and kind of figured I'd share a few of those elk hunting stories of what was going on and then what were some of the other factors in those hunts as well. September, mid-September 2020, 
I had an incredible, well, essentially a week long of just incredible elk hunting. In that particular year, the middle of September happened to be pretty much no moon. One of the best days I actually killed the bull with my uh, longbow that year. I had another friend that was hunting with me and my brother came out and hunted and it was just like so I don't know if I had had a week of elk hunting with more elk interaction and action, calling in bulls and just phenomenal week of elk hunting. Now, the day that I killed my bull, the moon was, I, I looked at the moon phases and it was like crescent waxing, skinny moon had just been, it was a couple days after a no moon. However, I do remember that when it was like, I thought this is going to be the perfect week. We actually planned it because we're like, hey, middle of September. It seemed like we've been back-to-back years where the middle of September was just full moon after full moon. So middle of September, no moon for the most part or very little moon. And it was on fire. Also though, previously the unit was on fire and the weather just snapped. It just changed. And when that weather changed, it was just a combination of those things incredible elk hunting action we called in so many elk that was i think in some just kind of thinking one of the better weeks for calling an elk and seemed like a lot of all-day action but really heavy morning action and then a little bit lighter midday to afternoon calling action is from my memory now the other thing about that was I also hunted later, so that was really good. And then I had a couple days, the last few days of September. And it was, I also had, this was in a different area, a different state. I also had, this was September 29th. And this was just a few days before the full moon. And I had one of the most action-packed, like rut, just fueled, bugles, bulls, big bulls, uh, no other hunters. It seemed like everybody was hunting early that year and I was hunting late. And I remember the, the season had been hot. There'd been a lot of fires. And so later in that season, and it was right around a full moon, probably one of the, I don't even know, like this just year just seemed like it was elk central, but I saw some of the better bulls I've seen in this particular area. I didn't kill a bull that day, but I, I almost killed a really good bull, like an absolute giant. At the time, probably would have been a personal best. And that was right before, a couple days before the full moon. 2021, beginning of September, killed the biggest bull of my life. Pretty much no moon. And I killed that bull middle of the day. I kill a lot of elk, kind of, or get a lot of elk fired up in the middle of the day. Some of my best elk hunting happens to be, if I can get a bull fired up in the middle of the day, that's that's a bull that's killable Uh, as far as weather goes. So there's no moon. It was the first week of September and it was actually pretty wet and cold, um, in a high elevation area. So, or in higher elevation. So that was that hunt. And I, we had a lot of great bugling, especially in the mornings. I would say the evening was pretty weak. Like the day would heat up and then the, the evening was pretty weak, but the morning activity was pretty high. No moon. And then the end of the month. So it was a essentially, it was a completely different state about a full week after full moon. So it was still over half waning 
it had one of just an on fire day. And and when I'm talking about these days, I'm saying there's days before that I hunted and days after, and this particular day just just hit. So that was the end of September, September 27th. Incredible day. And the moon was a week after the full moon. Because I think in that year, that makes sense. Like the it was a full moon prime middle of the rut. And I ended up hunting earlier and later and and had two incredible days in the mountains chasing elk. Just a lot of activity. In 2022, um, and to be fair, I didn't, I didn't, that was the, I actually that year, I don't think, now I got to, I should have looked at this because I'm going off the cuff. I tried to write down some dates and, and pay attention to those, but I'm not sure that I actually even hunted during that full moon that year, which is very rare for me, but I was hunting. Actually, I was hunting, but I was not elk hunting. I had, I was caribou hunting. That's right. So then 2022, around the 16th, not i mean waning gibbous over half full it was we killed elk that week it wasn't like on fire i just marked that down as like okay this is you know we've killed elk pretty much every week but the evening seemed to be more on fire in the morning mornings were slow and then just getting those evening bugles but earlier in that week it was like mornings i don't know if that hasn't it was closer to full moon the mornings were going off and then as it got later the evening started going off. And then later after that, still like less moon had a lot more like the following week as the moon got less, the, it was later in September as well. I don't, the weather fairly consistent, still pretty hot, but it just started to fire off more and just had a lot more activity and ended up almost killing a bull in the middle of the day and then getting bull fired up and, and ended up taking one in the evening, but it seemed like pretty good activity morning, a little bit of middle of the day activity and then evening activity. Not great. I, I wouldn't say last year. I'd say last year I didn't have those like days where it just blows your mind, but 2020 definitely had some incredible on fire elk days and, and 2021 absolutely incredible elk hunting days. And that that's just, kind of my anecdotes of figured I look at these things and see, Hey, was there anything? But what I thought was interesting is two of my best days were in 2020 and one was near a full moon and the other one was with no moon. So just food for thought. And we're going to talk about, when we're talking about the moon, I'm going to go into a little bit of what it means for elk hunting. What the way that I explained, I've explained it to for years to people that I've guided and then some of the strategies of whatever that moon phase is, how you can adjust a little bit here and there to still find success and make the most of the time that you do have to hunt. I think the first thing to address when we're talking about the moon in elk hunting is I think that, you know, over the years I've heard all the myths and legends and all the things, right? It's like, well, elk only feed when the moon's in the sky or so it could be in the middle, like if the moon's up in the middle of the day, then that's when the elk are out. And I've heard all kinds of theories, right? Oh, you got to hunt if there's a, a full moon after the whatever, this, that, and the other thing, right? There's just uh, like moon conspiracy theories of what it means for elk hunting. And I think a lot of people equate to the moon and movements, which I, I don't, I think that there is some, basis to this but what we're going to talk about is 
essentially why the moon might affect a hunt. And there's so many theories out there. And I don't really think that the moon is like affecting elk like the tide, okay? I think that it's not like, oh, the moon's out. And so it's pulling the elk in and it's pushing the elk out and it's controlling the way that they do and behave. Whatever, everyone's got their own theories based off the things they've seen. I've spent a lot of time chasing elk through every week of the season, through every moon phase, through every weather pattern. I've pretty much seen it all. I guess I've never hunted elk in an actual hurricane because we don't have hurricanes where elk live, but I have hunted elk in hurricane type winds, right? And that affects them one way, whatever. Everything affects elk in a certain way. And when I'm talking about the moon phase, what I'm talking about is uh, during a full moon, it produces more light. That light affects elk in the way that they can interact and do things during the daytime with an added amount of security and safety. Therefore, they're more active in the night. And by being more active in the night, the likelihood that they're less active during the daytime is higher. So that's the way that I see the moon phase affecting elk. When it's bright all night, they're out doing their thing at night. Now, when we're talking about rut, middle of September, this plays a lot bigger factor than maybe it does later in the season. And there's a few reasons for that. And the type of unit also plays a factor, okay? So when we're looking at the moon phase, let's say we're gonna go September archery elk, we want bugling bulls and crazy rutting activity. Well, the full moon's falling between, let's just call it some bigot, that like middle of September, anytime between the 10th and the 20th, we're gonna say, or maybe like, let's say the full moon is on the 15th or somewhere in there, like prime general, like good time for elk breeding and there's a full moon and it's clear skies out and whatever, doesn't even matter what the temperature is. And those elk are probably going to be chasing and bugling all night long because they can look out for danger there it's a lot cooler especially if it's hotter out and there it makes sense that they would be out in those open areas open feeding areas gathering up harems doing their thing running around bugling and by the time the sun comes up it's like hey let's go bed somewhere so it makes sense right it's like now if you're elk hunting and you want that you got to hunt sun up to sundown you need that elk action during the day. So for a hunter, you you get that kind of experience and you go, damn it, it was a really tough week. The elk were around, but we just, I don't know, we didn't hear any bugles. We didn't get into elk, this, that, and the other thing. Same thing later on in a rifle season, maybe you've got a general rifle tag and you're hunting during a full moon and the elk are out in the meadows feeding at night. So they don't have to hit them at the first light. So maybe they would go out like say a week with no moon, the elk will go out a little bit earlier in the evening. They'll start feeding as it starts to get dark. Then they just plop down in the middle of that meadow as a herd so they can get their eyes and ears out for predators. They're grouped up. And then before the sun comes up, they feed and you can catch them leaving into the timber just right at first light again. But it's a full moon. And so what they're doing is they're coming out. Maybe they're staying bedded till right around dark. They're walking their trail out. They're feeding all night. And then they're just going back to their bedding before the sun comes up. So in a high pressured area, that makes sense because during the hunting season, if they're out during the daylight hours, it attracts more attention, more hunters go after them. And so they start to kind of be nocturnal because they can be more nocturnal and they can still be a lot safer. 
Now, on the flip side, maybe you've got an elk area where there's two tags. It's a limited entry, very rare opportunity, and you don't have that same hunting pressure during the middle of the day. I honestly believe that you see the effects of this drastically less, but I still see those effects of elk behaving like elk and doing things for safety. So what we get with a full moon is more elk activity at night, which equates potentially less activity during daylight hours. So there's a, th a few things that counteract this full moon theory, right? Of eight, hey, if the moon's out, they're out during the night, they're doing their thing during nighttime, then there's gonna be less activity during the daytime. Yes, that's true. But if we're equating it to the light that the moon is putting out, allowing them to see better and be safer, then if there's blocks to that moonlight, heavy cloud cover, uh, inclement weather, things of that nature, then that can counteract the effect of the moon. So it could be a full moon with stormy, nasty, cloudy conditions, and it's gonna affect them the same as if there were no moon. Or you could have in, whether it's not a full moon, you could have a, a moon that's still really bright. Uh, let's say it's over half full and it's a really clear night and that moon's like pretty much out all night, okay? Or you could have that same moon on a clear night where the moon kind of sets at midnight or, or rises at midnight and sets sometime after daylight. That's gonna affect the elk different because it's about the amount of light that's being put out. Now you could have a week where, you know, the, the thing about being no moon or, or smaller moon is, you know what the light situation is gonna be. You don't have to wait on weather. I think that the activity during night also depends heavily on the type of weather. So not only can the, the moon be blocked and kind of counteract that activity at night, but you can also have different varying weather throughout the season. You could have a hot, early September. You could also have a hot middle of September, a hot late September. You could have a snowstorm in the beginning of the first day of September, which I have seen many times. And you could also have it be 80, 90 degrees. And, and the elk are going to be active differently based on that weather that's going on. You could, Now let's talk about late season hunts for our rifle hunters out there. You got a November hunt and it's 30, 40 below okay, well, they're going to act different during the daytime. They're going to want to be out in the sun and do the exact opposite, no matter what the moon is. If it's really cold, they'll probably be more active during the daytime, trying to get into those places where they can sun and, and warm themselves up. So weather, I believe, is just as much or a maybe bigger factor than the moon itself. But when it comes to hunt planning, there's a few things that I kind of try to stick by where I try to hedge my bet. And then kind of decide, okay, well, when am I going to hunt and, and what time do I have? Sometimes, depending on what the season is, right, there's certain years you draw a tag and you've got a five-day season and it's the middle, you've got the second, whatever, second archery season, it's 10 days long and it happens to be during a full moon. You've got no other choices to hunt a different time. That's when you're hunting. So we're going to look at ways to counteract and things to think about when it comes to hunting a certain moon phase and then we're also going to think about, okay, if you've got the time to plan around, how we might think about certain ways of planning for our elk hunt. One of the hardest things every year is to say, what's going to be the best week of elk hunting this year? And oftentimes you can't really, I mean, people have theories and you go off of this and that and whatever, but 
you know, what you get, if you got the perfect moon phase and everything's just right and it's 100 degrees out, the elk are going to be sluggish and not moving during the daytime as much as they would if you had a, a full moon and a snowstorm. So there's a lot of different factors that come into play. And we're just going to kind of break some of this stuff down now. As I've talked about before, I like to pick the time that I want to hunt based off of my hunt style. If if I've got, let's say, perfect world, we've got a tag and we can hunt from the beginning of September to the end of September. A lot of people go like, when do I go? Well, if you want to target a certain type of elk, you know, like I think that if you're a spot and stock hunter, the early and late is probably the best time, really. I mean, it can be because if you're a guy that was like, hey, I want a really big bull, early before they start to group up and the big bulls are by themselves and you're going to spot and stock, doesn't get any better than that, in my opinion. Uh, late's good too because those bulls start to break off from the herd and it gives you more opportunity to like bet a single bull, watch him and sneak in. Now you're a guy that's like, I just want to call. I want heavy rut activity. I want bulls bugling, screaming in my face kind of action. Then you're probably going to want to pick that mid-September time frame. But I have had that kind of really good elk hunts early and late. I've, I've hit it like from every week and you just don't know kind of based off of the weather. But there are a few things that I look at when I look at a calendar. I go, okay, I've got four days to elk hunt. What are going to be the best four days to pick this year? And I do base it, I do base my decisions a lot on the moon because if I can help it, I try to. Like I said, what I would tell clients or people hunting with us, people would go to book a week. And this isn't just me like trying to sell a week of elk hunting, right? This is me just being honest with them and saying, look, we've got five weeks to archery hunt. We've, we hunt all those weeks. You know, there's going to be weeks where there's a full moon. There's going to be weeks where there's no moon. There's going to be weeks that are hot. And there's going to be weeks that are cold. You could pick the exact right week that you think is going to be the best. And it ends up being the worst week of the season. Or by worst, I mean lowest activity and other things. And the reason for that is there's a lot of those other factors that are going to come into play. But I also say that, you know, statistically over the years of doing this, I think this is my 20th year of being a, a guide. I've been doing it for 20 years. And over those 20 years of doing it, we pretty much average the same success week after week. Now, some weeks are harder than others, okay? Some weeks you struggle to kill bulls and some weeks you're just like, whoa, that was easy. We just walk out and could have our pick of the litter. Those are the weeks you want, right? The pick of the litter week. But we've continued to maintain that success by just really honing in the tactic based off of the week that we're hunting. So one of the things that I like to look for is if I'm just can plan, pick, I kind of went off this tangent, but if I'm planning and picking a time frame for myself and I can, I've got whatever, it's just open and I can, I can do whatever. I, I like to hunt around the full moon. So I would hunt where, when it's not full. It doesn't necessarily have to be no moon, but I, I would prefer less potential light. Now let's say I want bugling activity and it's first part, like that full moon's right in the middle of September, then I'll probably pick some dates before or after it. If my hunt happens to fall within that full moon time frame, and that's when like, look, elk are definitely going to be rutting pretty hard in the middle of September with a full moon. That's just part of it. But you've got those other factors of weather and then different strategies where you can still have a good hunt. Like I said, one of my top hunts, the best bulls I'd seen were essentially a day before the full moon in 
And it was like, I mean, I had crazy bugling big bulls until 11 a.m. that day. So you can you can run into those scenarios. But I, I'm going to pick times based off of the hunt style and then the type of moon phase that's around that. The hardest, I think the hardest Septembers are ones where there's a full moon in the middle of September, personally. I know that there were, or a September where there's two full moons really, but you can you can kind of work your way around it and pick those dates based off of that if you have the option. Now, weather really is as much a factor of activity more than moon phase, in my opinion. So let's say we've got two dates. It's like the, let's say that the full moon is right in the middle of September. And I'm like, okay, so I can hunt the beginning of September or the end of September with pretty much the similar moon phase. Well, if weather is as much a factor or more of a factor than the moon, I might actually personally pick, if and I like to call elk, I might personally pick the later dates because I think that waiting later in the month allows for a higher opportunity for that cooler weather. But okay, like I said, in 2021, I had cold weather at the beginning of September and it was on fire. And, and that was just because I had an early September tag and I had 10 days, I think it was 10 days to hunt. September 1st to September 10th, something like that. Those were the season dates. I could either hunt the beginning part of that or the end of the part of that. And I chose to hunt the beginning part of it and it paid off and I killed the biggest bull I've ever killed. So, but if I'm just planning and looking at it, like that was the kind of similar thing, full moon in the middle of September, had to hunt late, early and late. I did both and I had really good success on both, but I also had good weather for it. I think though, if I was to choose, if I had to just pick one date and the full moon, I was like, I'm going to avoid the moon. I'd pick the later dates personally for my hunting style because I believe that I'm going to have more activity of elk rutting action and more high likelihood of better weather for hunting, not good weather, like cooler weather. Now, if I'm a type of guy that's like, hey, I like to spot and stock and I want to single out big bulls, I would actually just pick that first week because it, it matches my tactic and the moon's good for it. And that's what I do because they'll be out feeding more and it gives me more opportunity to spot those bulls and plan my hunt that way. So what I'm looking at is when I'm doing my hunt planning, I'm thinking about the moon, I'm thinking about potential weather or historical weather in that area. And then I'm also factoring in my specific hunt strategy. One thing that you're going to gather from this podcast is I try not to give like a blanket tactic because I think that the best blanket tactic that I can give is saying we're going to match our hunt style to the strategy to the type of season to the type of animal and by mixing those all together that is your your blanket recipe for continued success so I hope you guys kind of started to catch on to that that pattern of understanding the animal understanding where you're hunting and then choosing the tactic for your hunt style and strategy is the most successful way to hunt and then there are strategies within that that increase your success more and more and more like using your optics uh, figuring out good glassing advantages doing good scouting or e-scouting picking good units really understanding those things as well if i had to pick a week that has a full moon in let's just say you have a couple options and and there was an earlier season like let's say it's the september and you could hunt the first week or the last week and there happened to be this is just hypothetical a full moon in the first week and a full moon in the last week i think i would still i would also choose the full moon late over early because of that weather factor as well so i think that 
yeah, I guess if I if I were to think about a full moon in the middle, you could go early or late. I would match it with my hunting tactics. If I had to choose a full moon early or late, I would choose the full moon late because I think that I would have better weather for that and maybe more potential activity with that cooler weather later in the season. I get asked the question a lot. Like if I ever mention the moon or something like that, guys will freak out and be like, look, I had these days off. This is all I can hunt. And it's a full moon. Am I screwed? And the answer is absolutely not. You're like, well, how am, how am I not screwed? I was just not going to be a, a terrible hunt. And the answer, the, the real answer is because you're going to choose the strategy for hunting around that full moon. And there's a few things that I think I've found that work really well. And so we're going to cover those now. Now, this is a little bit different between September rut and rifle season. It's going to depend a lot on the weather. But let's say you're hunting during a week with a full moon. I'm going to describe what I have noticed elk tend to do. And I feel like during a full moon at night, elk are seeking security still. But they've got advantages of that cover of darkness. A couple of the advantages are in highly pressured hunting areas, there's no hunting. Now, there might be predators hunting them. And predators tend to hunt during the night. A lot of their predator species, mountain lions, you could have bears and other things that do act nocturnally and so they peak like their activity increases at night so the elk's primary goal is to stay safe and the way that they're going to do that is generally when they can't see that well they stay safe by bedding and bedding in a lot of different positions where they've got eyes ears noses in all directions because if they're moving around they're kind of becoming a moving target that can be ambushed they aren't together they aren't cohesive it's harder for them to communicate when the rut's on this is thrown out the window because when that full moon kicks off especially if it's been hot or whatever they're like hey we're gonna run around because we're gonna burn up this rut energy we're gonna burn that midnight oil there's no sense in wasting time we can see when we feel safe enough that we could see danger so we can use our eyes not just our ears and noses they've got an additional line of security and so Maybe that rut's going to crank off. I have found that during the full moon, I feel like a lot of activity is in areas with sparser timber. So they might be out in a meadow. They might be in a burn. They might be in areas where their visibility isn't clouded because it's a factor of that light again. So during a full moon, I believe that the elk tend to gravitate toward those more open areas and spend their time in those more open areas. It also depends like, the type of conditions out if there's some snow on the ground and other things that lighten it up that reflect that moon and allow them to see the ground better then that might change but on a standard day i think that during a full moon the elk stick to areas that are more open and they use those areas regularly during those full moons so later in the season let's say it's an elk season they're going to be feeding more out during the night in those open areas feeding, they probably aren't going to be in that real dark timber because it doesn't just let the light in like other areas might. So they're going to gravitate toward those more open areas. They'll go out to their feeding, they'll feed all night, and then they'll move off to cover. But what that means is when they're moving to that cover, to that bedding, they probably aren't going as deep or as long or as thick as they might if it were the morning time. So think about elk that leave, let's say, You've got a herd of elk in a meadow, no moon out. They move out in the evening. Maybe it's just right on dark and they start feeding for a bit for the evening and then they bunch up and they bed in that meadow. 
And then the morning starts to come, it starts to get light. They kind of get up before daylight. They start milling around feeding, 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 feeding. It starts to get light. Then they move off. They, they line up and they head into the timber and then they move to a bedding area. Well, as they're moving to that bedding area, it's continually lighter. They can look for danger. It's daylight. They can go longer, a long ways and find the perfect bedding and safety. If they've been active all night and they've moved off before daylight, they're still using that kind of dawn time frame. They probably moved off during that full moon. And so they might be out of the open and into the timber already, in which case they could continue to move. But what I've found is I'll actually find them maybe closer to the areas that they're going to be active at and bedded in those places. So they might not go as far. There's been many times hunting around full moon where I'm glassing little patches within what I would consider feeding areas. I remember, well, it was probably four or five years ago now, an incredible week of elk hunting. And it was around a full moon. And I kept spotting bulls by just glassing these, the the leaves hadn't fallen off. And some of them had, they just were starting to fall. Glassing some of these like willow or little regrowth patches within a burn or within a clear cut in these small openings. I'd take a small opening and I'd glass and we found some great bulls just really looking for these elk that were bedded in these little pockets. And it just seemed to be like pocket, 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 bull bedded, bull bedded. And I really had to pick it apart with my glass. But I was finding these bulls in not necessarily the open, but in these pockets very close to the open or in these like very small little areas. And I'd even glass it like sometimes mid-morning, mid-day where you could tell like as the shadows would shift and they would get up, move and re-bed around some thicker cover or catch antler tips in this regrowth. And that really clicked the light bulb on for me and said, oh, okay, I don't know if they're moving as far because they're out all night. Now, during the rut, one of the things that I find, I've hunted a lot during full moons, and one of the things that you you notice or you find is like, let's say you're up in a canyon camping and you hear elk activity all night long. Like they, they kind of go undisturbed and they tend to travel less. When you got crazy elk rutting activity during the daytime, it's like they are moving a lot. They're covering some country. And it seems like at night when they're rutting, if you've ever been in a tent in the back country during a full moon, you're like near a meadow and you just hear the elk bugling kind of in the same place for hours. It seems like they chase each other around a lot in a smaller area. And then they start to move off. Well, that can really concentrate your efforts to one particular spot. It actually can help you concentrate and go like, okay, this is the area that they're using. Now they're coming in and out of this area. So I need to be further back in the timber to kind of catch them when they're going from feeding to bedding, start your day early, start bugling. Like maybe you can get some of those fired up bugles first thing in the morning. I kind of tend to hunt earlier in those full moon scenarios where I kind of go out and whether it's late at night or, or whatever, and just listen. Listen for elk activity and figure out where are these animals at. I use my ears a lot and I'll even sometimes use my optics of like scouting for the next day. Where am I going to go the next day? by scouting in the evening or really early morning, listening for that sound, or maybe from your tent. You're like, okay, I'm here. I hear the bugles. This is where they're at. This is where the activity is. Now I'm going to go focus on those particular areas. And if we're talking later in the season, I really try to look for those 
feeding areas because I know that, hey, that's probably what they're going to be doing is feeding during the night. So the thing that they're most focused on later in the season, and it's the thing that's the safest for them to do. So they're going to be focused on that. And they go, okay, where is the logical bedding and the closest logical bedding for them to hit? Or what's the route to that logical bedding where I can try to intercept them in between? I do a lot of still hunting during the day through these areas, especially when it's rifle season. Hunting some of those more bedding areas and glassing into those bedding areas. So getting across from, let's say we've got a meadow, we've got some bedding and we've got a canyon across. I'm, instead of trying to glass into the feeding area, I might be set up before daylight to glass into those bedding areas because I'm still going to catch them moving around at first light, but they're going to be moving around, milling around to, to actually set down in bed. And so I'm glassing for elk in those potential bedding areas across from them. So I've got like a better look into, let's say, if it's a warmer earlier in the rifle season, like a, I'm looking into a north face from a good south face of one that I don't think that there's a lot of elk activity in, and I'm just glassing into that timber. I'll try to hunt more burn areas that might have shade on those north faces, or I'll hunt in pockets where I can just go from point to point to point and glassing into potential bedding areas, hoping to catch a few elk that are still milling around and moving in those early morning or early evening hours, as opposed to focusing on the feeding areas where they might be moving in and out of if there weren't a moon. And by adjusting my tactic that way, I've been able to find a lot more elk by saying, okay, what are the elk going to be doing because it's a full moon? All right, if it's a full moon, they're probably doing this. So I'm going to just do adjust my tactics a little bit and find elk this way. And by doing that, I've been very successful over the years hunting those timeframes when there's a full moon. Now, the other thought is if there's a full moon and you have that weather, then I treat it the same as I would if there were no moon. If I've got heavy cloud cover, it's snowing or it's just... It's dark out. Even when there's a full moon and clouds, sometimes it can be bright. But if it's not that bright, then I just treat it the same as I would if there were no moons. And that's something to think about. It's like, hey, the week that I'm hunting, it's a full moon. Well, what's that weather doing? And then adjusting your tactic based off of that weather and potentially how the elk are going to be acting during the night. I hope that podcast really helps some of you that have been wrestling with when should I go elk hunting? What if it's a full moon during my season this year? What's the best season to hunt? I think that there's a lot of other factors outside of the moon that can aid or detract from a hunt. But also, if there's a few things you can control and you don't have to hunt during that time when they're most likely to be active at night, hey, work around it. Might as well do it. But if you do that's okay too. And we can just adjust our tactics a little bit and pre-plan on where those elk might be, what they might be doing in those uh, during that nighttime phase. And then how do we adjust during the daytime phase? And just thinking a few steps ahead really helps and helps you narrow down your focus when it comes to hunting elk. I hope you guys have been enjoying Elk Month. We've got another great podcast next week to kind of wrap it up with Nate Simmons. We're talking about shadowing an elk herd, more spot and stock tactics of elk hunting. I think it's extremely valuable information and some stuff that a lot of people are going to find very useful this season. This is going to be a tactic that whether you call or don't call, this can be a tactic that anybody can employ and a really good tactic for hunting and harvesting good mature bulls. Let's just say I think that of the people that I look up to in the hunting space, Nate Simmons, in my opinion, is one of the best Western big game 
elk hunters out there. And there's a reason for that. He always is consistently successful on mature, good bulls, and he has great strategy and tactic. And a lot of those tactics work really well. So he's one of the people that I wanted to bring on this podcast to talk about. It's I think it's a, an absolute can't-miss podcast. Uh, really, really enjoy this podcast with him. So that's going to be next week. And then as we go into next month, um, I'll be recapping some of my hunts. I, I just got back from an early season Nevada deer hunt. I'm prepping for a sheep hunt. I've got some fun stories to share, some stuff that, I don't know, some heartbreak hotel, a little bit of highs and lows of bow hunting, you know, all that good stuff. And covered some miles. I'm actually a little <laughs> a little sore right now sitting talking about uh, thinking about hunts coming up and you know you hit the mountain and you you train and you do all your stuff i will say one of the things that saved me this hunt i've been carrying a lot i used to not carry that much water and but when i hunt the desert or high desert water is a must and then hydration is an absolute must and one of the things that i took this last trip that i hadn't used before was a wilderness athlete rescue hydration and honestly when you're putting it so much effort into climbing, hiking, you're sweating. The thing about hunting is you're already at a deficit with everything. You're, you, you don't have enough water. You don't have enough food. It doesn't really matter. You're just always at a deficit. So anything that I can just use to flip the script a little bit, just those little tiny things that give me an edge, I'm all about that. And so I, I brought the rescue hydration. And it, what it is is essentially... I think it's a more of a multiplier for your hydrate and recover. So if you're a guy that's using hydrate and recover, like I have been forever on those times where I was just, we were done. Like my brother did a stock and he left. He's like, I'm going to put a water in my pocket and climb a thousand vertical feet and do this stock in the middle of the day in hundred degrees. And he got back. I was like, you need to drink this. So I mixed up hydrate and recover, little bit of rescue hydration. And what that is, it's just like a multiplier for, that hydrate and recover and you can use it on its own but i think the way it was explained to me is it it boosts your body's ability to absorb what you're drinking and so you, you get that hydration back faster with electrolytes and all the other vitamins and things that you need that you lose on those hunts and man i'm telling you you could that's there's certain things that you feel the effects of by just being completely gassed and then you go and you're like i, I worked it till the very hardest and now, okay, I'm wore out. Let's see, like at the end of the day, I was just hammering some electrolytes and I could just feel it working well. So I, I think what I'm doing now is I've just got pack a rescue hydration and I just have a couple, not, I'm, I might not be doing it every drink, but only in those times when I just like got after it, you know, packing in, packing, I'm bringing it on my sheep hunt and saying, all right, for the days that I really need that boost, mixing that in. And I think that that's, that's something new that I've tried and I, this was the good hunt to test it out. And I actually liked the flavor too. It was like a lime coconut and I mixed it with the berry flavor of the Hydrate and Recover. Solid combo. I'd mixed it with a lot more water though. I think it was a little too sweet for me in just a small water bottle. So I just mixed it in my full liter bottle and really enjoyed it. So something to think about. You guys can always use Code Live Wild and check out, get a discount. I did see on their website, they've got Backcountry Hydration Bundle. If you've never tried any of their stuff, want some hydration stuff, that's a good way. It's got a little bit of everything. I think the heroes are on back order, but they'll be in stock soon. So you'll get everything else 
the energy and focus, hydrate, recover, rescue hydration, and you can use code LiveWild on any of their products. Get a little bit of a discount, help you guys out. So I've worked with those guys. I mean, I've used their stuff forever. So when I did the podcast, I was like, hey, we got to work something out to get a deal for the listeners. And they were all about that. So they're my friends over there, but it's also stuff that I really enjoy using. So I figure I share it with you guys. Until next week, I'm just going to say, let's howl at the moon. Catch you all later.